How y'all doing out there? Renegade what up, Bumble Clyde? Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> what up? This is Kamal K. Franklin. I'm here with... I'm the mighty Kalanji Jump Chang, and I don't give a fuck about the chatter in the background. Oh, <laughs> and who you got in the background? I go by the name of the Ed Doctor. The Ed Doctor. And of course, Transmitting Live, it's Minister Server, along with... It's your boy, Jai. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what's good, man? How you feeling, man? I've been doing really good, man. It's been an interesting week. A lot of shit going down. It's you know what I'm saying? Real interesting week, man. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, a quick story. Like, you know, we uh, we got in a newspaper as community okay. movement builders. Okay. Yeah. Um, not all that good, though. Some gentrified in the neighborhood is trying to trying to get us locked up by the police and all that kind of shit. So we're going to have to fire back at her. GP, GPB did a terrible story. And so we're going to come back and hit they, her they hard. They did a terrible you know story? I mean, when, when they, I mean, usually they, they, they on our side. Usually? They never on our side. <laughs> GPB? Hell well, no. They, I mean, they, they was on my side. Oh, uh, well, I mean, it's because they, they like you. Black August. You know what I'm saying? They like you. I mean, they like everybody. I, 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 I think the sister kind of liked me and shit. She was like, Kalanji, so tell us about... Anyway, good. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's all I was. We gonna get back to it. This is like week six of Black Power Media. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Big up the Black Power Media dope shows. That's right. Black Power Media is coming alive. We want to thank all the patrons that came on sure on indeed. the last couple of days in particular that helped us get over our first. We cracked our first 100. You know what I'm saying? First 100. That's Matter of right. fact. By the end of this show, we should be at 110. We should be. We should be. Let's name off some of that. Let's get off some of them names that we got. Won't we hit it off? Here, Doctor. To our Patreons. Freddie French. Justin Lang. John Sloan. Matt Siegfried. Veronica Presley. Davis Albiga. Dennis Hill. Gary Irving. Nicholas Richard Thompson. Anita Chikatur. Oh, he fucked Brooke. that up. <laughs> Brooke? Who? Just Brooke. That's just right. Brooke. Just Brooke. Uh, Thanks, Brooke. Banner G. Damian Goodman. Joshua Reeves. Allison Pardon. Eve Harris. Terrence Hawkins. Kafani Nakura. Nakura. Okay. Jeffrey Bayo Baku. Oh. And okay. big up to Sarazuki. That's right. Remember, remember, only here on Renegade Culture, you give us money, we'll fuck up your name. So you know what I'm saying? That's what we love about it. That's what we love about it, yo. And, and I, I want to say too, man, because last week, you know, we had our guest on, Dr. Chile. Mm -hmm. uh, and and, 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 and it's, it's crazy because a couple people came, they, they was like, yo, you know what I mean? Y'all could have said that name right, you know what I mean? Yo, fuck. Sister name up, and I agree with him. You know what I'm saying? That was yeah. Kamal. But anyway, oh. <laughs> I think we took turns fucking her name up yeah, last week. Yeah, I think everybody yeah. but, but shout out, shout out to the doc. She's been yeah. putting some serious work. Good um, good we got a pretty show. good response. And what's her name again? Uh, anyway, worry about the Patreon. <laughs> you got who name you fucking up? Daddy Chile. Hold on, hold on. We got another Patreon. We got oh. Asia Medley here. Uh huh. Okay. And that's uh, Olume Olufe Toa. I think that's Olafame. Olafame Toa. Damn, brother. Oh. Yeah, the Is there any more? Yeah, we got Phil Escaletti. Who else? That's it? All right, yeah, that's all. That's right. Shout out to our producers who both attended Black University, HBCU. Don't blame the HBCUs on this. Please up with all the Patreons. That's right. We appreciate y'all. For real. And please continue to support us, Patreons, if you want your name. 
to be mentioned by the ear doctor <laughs> and, and uh, minister server. We don't care if your name is David, like one of our one of our producers. He will fuck it up. Don't worry about it. Your name will be David, David, whatever. Don't worry about it. We got yo, you. and no, we got a dope show tonight, and we got some special guests on. We got a living legend. No yes. Um, go ahead, bro. Straight out of Calcutta, we oh. have. Uh, Selah, there. Who's that? Speaking of fucking up names. Selah. Yeah, Selah. We got Sandra Isidore. Sandra Isidore is in the building. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, if you are familiar with Fela Kuti, because I know that some of you listening just finding out about a lot of these uh, artists and whatnot, Fela Kuti is a legend. And Sandra Isidore, if you heard of Fela Kuti, she's someone that you should know about. So we're honored to have her on deck tonight. That's no right. Doubt. In fact, she's credited with politicizing right. Fela Kuti and adding to the music that became Afrobeat and that worldwide um, celebration of African music and so forth. And who else do we got? Man, we also have a the, the honorable. Oh. Spoken word, poets, right. mm. slash, mm. Uh, Yogi, Yogi oh. slash, former top flight security guard. Uh-oh. We got my man, XPJ7 in the building. Yeah. Man. And, 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 and just like Sandra Isidore, mm. we're going to make an effort to politicize our crew. Oh. <laughs> we failed tremendously. Damn, but we tried, though. So we're going to come back with a gay culture with our guests. Thank y'all for popping in. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. So we're going to count it down. Five. Byron. Oh. <laughs> Please <Five>. stop the noise. <laughs> Five, four, three, two. Yo, it's Renegade right? Culture. Okay, Renegade Culture's in the building. Yo, how y'all doing out there? You know what I'm saying? Hey, man, this is, ah, man, our first uh, episode since last week. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's anyway. what we like to do. Like, you know, once a week, we try to come on and do it on a steady basis and stuff like that. You know? Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. But anyway, check it, man. Um, for those of you who are checking us out in, in everywhere land, mm-hmm. we're honored to have a very special guest on here tonight, uh, a sister warrior, or should I say a warrior, period. Yeah, a living legend. legend. That's right. Definitely a legend. So mm-hmm. turn your mics up, check out the video, eat your popcorn, eat it, eat it, eat it low, though, because she will cuss you out, she can hear you. <laughs> Even through this interview real true, quick. True. She is the mother of Afrobeat. You That's know what right. I'm saying? I want y'all to uh get out your seat like it's hot <laughs> and give it up for Sandra Isidore. Sandra Sister, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm I'm good. You know, you two have me sitting here smiling, okay? Okay, now. All right, all right. Come out yeah, nasty. Be, be careful. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm straightening up a little bit up here. You know what I'm saying? You better chill. Byron's home. <laughs> I know Byron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now Byron. Well, no problems. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Nah. <laughs> Just seeing you two brothers is very encouraging, you know, because the women out here are complaining about the desert that they're in. Mm. You know, it's a man desert here. Man. Is so. It, man. Seeing you two brothers, I, I want to reach out to and say, ooh, there's two in Georgia. All right, now, hold on. Let me, let me get my, my... I'll look at you now. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here we go. <laughs> Uh-oh. I love it. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. We, we real happy to see you, Um, you know, for the world because of the fact that we are blessed to uh know who you are, you know, and anyone, anyone that's into Afrobeat or anyone who's ever heard the name Fela Kuti, 
you know, they should know who you are, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. we want you to uh, introduce yourself to the people. Yes, That's Nigeria right. in the building. We want you to uh, introduce yourself to the people. Hi, well, I'm Sandra Isidore, and I am the queen mother of Afrobeat. And the reason why I'm the queen mother is because Afrobeat was born right here in the city of Los Angeles, right in the United States. <laughs> the United States of America. So, you know, what can I say? Um, it's been a journey. Um, when we started this journey, we thought we would bring and raise and, you know, awaken a nation of people. And when I say a nation of people, I'm talking about black people throughout the diaspora. Mm -hmm. I don't care what country you're in. I'm, I'm speaking to you, right. whether I speak your language or not. We suffer the same problem all over the world. So when I met Fella, and a lot of this is in the book, Fella and me, mm -hmm. um, I talk about the importance of the musician, the importance of the message in the music. And Philip coined the phrase, music is the weapon to try to reach and reason with our people. But you know what? Black folks in America, very few, because it's an underground movement and an underground movement very few people wanted to identify with Africa or even identify with the, the message that was being presented through the music. But uh, white America heard it loud and clear. Mm -hmm. And around about that time, um, white America, because when rap music first came out, rap music was conscious, it was uplifting, you know? Mm -hmm. And they, they, they had a meeting. It was in the magazine. Um, they had a meeting that the music was too powerful and they had to make some changes. So guess what? America weaponized herself mm -hmm. and the music became very decadent, very dark, very negative. And you know, I'm guilty too. We was partying to it, but we weren't listening to the words that mm -hmm. were being delivered. And and look at it now. But see, music should be used to raise consciousness. And we thought, Stella and I, because I presented that idea to him, that if he went back home and he used the music, the government was going to love us. Oh, they were going to love us because we were going to help government. <laughs> That's where the joke came in. All right. Hmm. So before you before you go on, you 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 said something that I think is already extremely interesting is in Afrobeat started in L.A. as opposed to in Nigeria or the, the politicalization of Afrobeats. 
Can you talk a little bit about how you and Fela met and how you introduced the idea to him? And, about and, and also, also, if you don't mind, because of the fact that we have a broad range of listeners, we have a lot of young folks who don't know who Fela is. So if you can kind of uh, also speak on who he is and, and, and your relationship and, and what Kamau was saying, if you don't mind. Well, wait a minute. Before he says anything, let me put this in. Fela has been nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. At first, I was like, rock and roll? That's not rock and roll. But you know what? The fact that he has been acknowledged. So now right. I rest my case. Go ahead. I'm listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, so what we were saying was um, a lot of our listeners may not be familiar with who Fela is because we have a lot of, uh, of a wide range, a wide array of listeners. So I kind of want you to touch on who Fela Kuti is and, 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 and the connection between that Los Angeles Afrobeat and Nigerian, why it's important. Wow, let me tell you, when I met Phila, I didn't know who he was, you know, I just knew him to be an African man that um, I thought would teach me my, or our story, or, or, you know, what we were taught, his story, then that's really what happened. They taught us his story and not our story. So I thought Fella would be the continuation of our story. But what happened was I was the teacher and I didn't know it because, um, you know, what I thought I would find in Africa, <laughs> I found that Africa didn't even have a clue. And I'm going to say it loud and very clear. What colonialism did in Africa is far worse than what slavery did in America. And I say this, I mean, we suffered physically, we suffered abuse. But in Africa, not only did they suffer the physical abuse of everything, but that, that mental abuse that they have, what colonialism did, in Africa, oh God, it's still going on. It's mm. still going on today. I mean, when I see my black brothers and sisters here in America, we are one. I see us as one. But then do you know, I'm having a conversation with you two brothers there, and do you know we could be disagreeing? We could be disagreeing up among ourselves because of tribalism? Mm -hmm. And then you put Religion on top of that? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's so the did state you expect, of Africa. Did hmm. you expect, uh, I say, the teachings or the, the, the politicalization of Fela to have the impact it did when mm. he started making music and stuff like that, when you guys started making music together? No, no, I had no idea because the beginning, the beginning was a struggle. I mean, it was a struggle for Fella, you know? And, you know, people don't know, but he, he walked around with the LA Times in his shoe. Mm -hmm. You know, um, times were rough for him, but at the same time that times were rough, we were young, we were resilient. And then we had my parents, you know, my parents were the backbone and, you know, plus, Fella and them were an anomaly, you know? Uh, I mean, 
you, it was it was very few Africans coming to America, and then urban Africans too. Oh, come on now. That was it, on, prior to that. It was only Hugh Masekela, and you know he was the first African man that I met um, from a distance because I didn't know him, but I heard the music. So in my heart, I knew Hugh Masekela, and I just fell in love with Hugh Masekela because I know those people look like me, so I must be related to them some kind of way. So while all my other black brothers and sisters were trying to go to Europe, I was trying to get over there to Africa. Okay, I'm so glad I went. Yeah. So, okay, you meet him. What what year was that that you say that you all connected? Oh, 1969. 1969 was a very special year because it was the dawning of the age of Aquarius. I mean, this is when people. It was like people were releasing themselves and they were becoming free. It was like, cause we had lived, well, with me, it was such a rigid kind of life. You know, it was one of those kind of situations where you, all your life you've been lied to. And now all of a sudden you're waking up and saying, ah, I'm not right about this. And then that's when the knowledge started unfolding and people started looking at themselves differently uh, with pride, you know? And you know, I was feeling some kind of way. Plus, plus I had gone in and, you know, I wanted to know who, who I was, you know? I wanted to know the whole story. So I started to study and learn and, I knew Africa was the key and the answer, and I got it. I'm still getting it. I'm still learning what has happened to us. And when I say us, I see us as one, but you know, boy, I'm telling you, you folks got to catch up with me. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But see, I love the fruit. And when I look at you two, I see the fruit. And that makes me feel real good all right now well you know i'm a married man but i'm just saying all right um, so we're going to take a break we're going to take a break real quick and come back with our special guest here more about her life her life politicized ain't feel like when yes. we come back on renegade culture yeah we back <laughs> So um, it sounds like when you first got down there with Fela, he still wasn't that big yet. Um, and then later on, when you joined him, uh, it sounds like his music started to explode in Nigeria and all over the world. Can you tell us a little bit about what that experience was like? Well, when I first got there, I was the highlight, you know, because like I said, this American Negress had come, all right? right. So I guess I was Negress prima donna all right okay okay so i was um you know it was like wow an american you know an american woman too so um a lot of the politicians you know because of fella's family's connections um he was from with the highest and say the the, the, the you know the very lowest you know and they all had an opinion about Fela. 
because, you know, he broke all the rules. He had all these girlfriends. He smoked hemp. He just, he was a renegade, you know? So, but at that time, when I first went, I was the one getting all the press, you know? So I was, I was good for fella, you know? In many ways, I came with my American ideas, you know, to make things better in the club. And, um, and so it was all good. The press followed me a lot. And we would say that was around, let me see, 70, 69, 70. OK, I think I, I probably left. OK, yeah, 70. So I left at the, I don't know, it was a long time. We may have gone into the, yeah, we did go into the following year. So I left in 71. And I came back to America, and Fella had already vowed he was not coming back to this country until he could come back right. So it was in 76 that he sent for me to come there. And that's when that was the year that I recorded Upside Down with him. Um, by 1976, oh my goodness, Fella was the Michael Jackson of Nigeria. I mean, it was so many people. Um, the house, 14A, Agege Motor Road in Suruliri, um, was now the Calicuta Republic. You know, you saw that. And um, it was a government inside the government. Fella had become the thorn in the government side. And it really didn't get that bad until after Festac. You know, after Festac, uh, I know James Brown came when I was there. And ooh, I mean, the band came to the club and they wanted to know, because I was doing um, cabaret, you know, like a lot of back, Burt Bacharach songs, but Stella was doing the arrangement on them. So the Afro beat, and I remember uh, the female in the band talking about who's doing these arrangements. They all came to the club to see Fella. And then after that, well, I think it, the real persecution of Fella started after Festac <clears throat> because it, Fella wanted to go in when with Festac, you know, Nigeria is opening up to the world and everything. Nigeria was booming then. Um, and they, you know, they started playing the government games, as you know, government does. And everything kind of fell out. The bottom fell out. And that was the first attack on uh, Calicuta. And I think that was in 77, the Calicuta Show. That's the fellas did a song entitled The Calicuta Show. And, you know, for those people that don't know, um, practically every song fella wrote was about a true event that happened in his life. Mm, okay. So now we know that... Um... I guess it was later on, you know, we've heard stories about uh, the, the, the Nigerian authorities being so pissed off with this, with, 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 uh, with, with how he was moving. 
that uh, they actually threw his mother out the window. Is that that correct? Yeah, that was um, that. You know, there there was more than one raid on Fellows' uh, compound. There was more than one raid, but this particular raid was the. Ugh, this was the raid where people lost life, lost limbs, hmm. and the family property was burned to the ground. It, what they did, and it was under Obasoja hmm. and Buhari, the guy up there now. Hmm, the, no, the puppet up there hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Him. Can you talk more about the, the politics then? So what, what was fairly challenging that made the government so upset at him? Corruption. He was challenging the corruption and he was challenging it and trying to wake his people up. You know, one of his first songs was by Africa. I mean, Africa has the riches. Everybody know this, at least the Europeans know it, the Chinese know it, the Americans know it. Guess who don't know it? Hmm. Yeah, Africa. Okay. The ones that have it don't know they have it. We value them more than they value themselves. Hmm. And then I've already told you about that tribalistic stuff. <laughs> oh, that's that level of stupidity. I'm telling you, I, I just can't. When you hear me say, uh, thank God for the slave ship, understand, I've, I've been there. I've seen the stupidity. See, mm. the, the slave ships were cruel and they were wicked and they, it was harsh. But at the same time, we knew we had to come together. So you had kings, you had queens, you had peasants. You know, you had them all and you had all types of tribes coming together. And we had to come together to survive. And this is why even here right now, we're still surviving and thriving. We still rise. Mm. Now, now we know that, um, you know, your music, Fela's music, you know, uh, folks like Bob Marley, you know what I mean? It was, it was, it was, it was message music. You know what I mean? It was uh, uh, music dealing with resistance. How important do you think it is in 2021 to- It's extremely important. It's extremely important because like I, going back to what I said earlier, musicians are messengers. And I, you know, and some of, you know, they might say I'm crazy, but I'll just say this. It's a, music is a direct link to the universal God or that spirituality. You know, and I'm not talking about going down to the corner church or, you know, none of that. I'm talking about spiritualism that comes from the universe, that connects us all, that lets us all know that we are one. Music, to me, is a musician's responsibility to be responsible with the gift. They are to be responsible with that gift. Because all you have to do is listen to our music and look at our children and you see what's happened. It's music was used as a weapon to deteriorate, to tear down. 
instead of uplifting and building. Lyrics are very important in music. Now, um, you have a book out, Fela and Me. Yes. Tell tell us about that, how folks can pick it up. Well, the only way you can get that book, you have to buy it directly from me. there were on there there were only 249 copies in this country because after writing the book i wanted to tell my own story because you know broadway had told it and so many other magazines had talked about it i said well let me give them the inside story of what it was like in the relationship with fella so that's what made me write it and then after writing it i didn't want to publish it Mm. i didn't want to publish I was just fine with the idea that I'd written it. Mm-hmm. But I had um, Shagun Olukunle, who is now an ancestor that we lost last year in April. Um, actually, it was him and Tony, you know, Tony Allen. But right. Shagun um, studied here in America. He's Nigerian. He studied filmmaking. And um, he went back to his country. Um, he was the CEO managing director of the Abu- Abuja Film Festival. So all films coming in and out of the country, he had something to say about it. Um, when he was here in America, one of the films that Shagun always wanted to do, he, he came to me and he said, Sandra, I really want to do a film about y- you and Fela. Um, and he says, because people don't really know who you are. And, you know, at the time, I was cool with it, you know. I like flying low. You know, I don't need to be in the limelight. So, um, you know, we talked about it. And he, he mentioned Will Smith and how uh, he wanted Will Smith to play Stella. You know, and he was doing all this talking and everything. Well, that was around... I would say 2000, hmm, when was it really? Well, anyway, it was in the 2000s, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and it was in the earlier part of the 2000s. Hmm, I want to say around 2004, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. But anyway, four years later, a Broadway musical is done. And guess who is one of the producers? Bill Smith and Jay-Z and Beyonce. Yes, right. And don't forget Jada, because Jada was in on it too. Yeah, so So. it fulfilled itself, but it didn't come the way he had envisioned it. So when it came to the book, I think he insisted that I write. So I told my story, but he did all the research because Shagun knew about when i talked about the festival he knew how the name for that festival he knew how to spell the name because i mean the nigerian names are not easy you know they're not easy to and you don't want to mess up somebody's name and anyway shagun was very instrumental in pushing me to complete the book so the book was published with um craft publishing in Nigeria and 249 of those books were shipped here to America. So I'm the only one with gives books here in America and um, I've been selling. Do you have a website that people can get the books from? 
Yes, SandraIsador.com. Thank you so much. So, Sandra, it has been a pleasure yes. to have you on tonight. <laughs> I mean, I, we consider you, and I think the world considers you, uh, again, this legend of Afrobeats, a pioneer um, in making, uh, as Kalanji stated, uh, message music and political music. It is an honor to have you. Uh, we love to have you back on, particularly when we have better uh, Zoom quality. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, sis. We really appreciate it. Right uh, you know what? I really appreciate being here with the two of you today. I consider it having fun because, that's right. like I, remember, I said, I'm, I'm Caramel. I'm Caramel. Remember that? Yeah. yeah okay. Vanilla. Chris Vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, sis. We talk to you later. All right. Bye bye. All right. Bye. Peace. Be safe. Thank you. Renegade culture, we back. You know what I'm saying? Yes, we back again. Cameras over here. Okay. I know we got we switched around the set a little bit. Musical chairs in the building. That's right. Our, our producer, like you know, because we got another guest in. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Another tall guest. Okay. Yeah, he said uh, we look up to him. I uh, <laughs> look up to. Okay. Yeah, all, right. All, right. All, right. all right. Tall people of high intellect. People frequently say I, I, I look like I'm 6'3 or 6'4. You just yeah, I thought he was Lurch when I first Shut met. the fuck up. Anyway, never mind Kamala bullshit. We have uh, this next brother right here. Mm -hmm. uh, been knowing him quite a while. Uh -oh. yeah. This brother right here been knowing him since he was a, a, a small, tall guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when he was 6'2. Yeah, 6'6. Six, six, six. But uh, anyway, this brother right here, um, I met him. He's one of the first people I met when I came to Atlanta. Ah. You know what I'm saying? A little story I'm going to tell you all, you know what I'm saying? And, and some of you heard it before and some of you haven't, but God damn it, you're going to hear it again tonight. Anyway, when I first got to Atlanta. You didn't, you didn't um, tell the brother's name, though. Can you tell who he is? <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell the story first. I, I'm insulted that, that the man has a name. Oh, God damn. Oh, damn man. Oh, I want to invite him on a goddamn show. Oh, damn. Anyway, uh -oh. I'm just joking. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a man, XPJ7, in the building. XPJ7! <laughs> Ex spoken Ex word artist, right? Yes. A yogi. Yeah. Yogi. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not like Yogi Berra, but <laughs> yogi like stretching and shit. You know what right? I'm saying? Yeah. You got yeah. a lot of limbs okay. to stretch. You stretch and slap mm -hmm. the shit out you if you get I, crazy. Now you said he, you first met that brother when you got here? Yes, when I first came to Atlanta, um, before I came to Atlanta, actually, mm -hmm. um, I was in South Carolina. And I got a call from my brother, Chairman Fred Hampton Jr. Shout out to Chairman Fred. Fred. Who we had on the show recently. True that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, he hit me up. He said, uh, hey, man, where you at? I said, I'm in South Carolina. He said, uh, how far are you from Atlanta? I said, depending on what the, what the, what the money looks like. You know what I'm saying? He said, I'm supposed to be speaking in, uh, in Atlanta, but I'm double booked. I'm supposed to be speaking at uh, Morehouse. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. He said, uh, can you make it down there? You know, I have them set you straight, so on and so forth. And I have two brothers down there for security for you. I said, mm -hmm. okay, bet. No problem. So I mosey on down to ATL. Uh -huh. I get to this spot at Morris Brown, Morehouse, oh. and it's, it's, it's thick. It's, uh, what's, the, what's the section where they have Morehouse, Spellman, and, and Clark all in the middle there? Like the promenade. The promenade. Thing. So it's, oh, it's, right. it's a joint over there. It's my first time getting there. And, uh, you know, I, I say what I'm saying, and I'm a rather uh, uncouth, wild guy back then. Oh, yeah. It's in 2004. <laughs> Not today. Not today. <laughs> today I'm a gentleman. But anyway, I'm, I'm saying what I'm saying. I'm doing what I'm doing. And all of a sudden, you know, after I finished, I dropped the mic. It was like, mm -hmm. Session Chocolate. <laughs> uh, shout out to that raggedy ass movie, Coming to America 2. The hell with that. But anyway, um, so there's some sisters that rolled up. One particular sister looking rather burly and tough and uh -oh. rough and tough with the afro uh -oh. bucks uh -oh. and all that uh -oh. type stuff. He she said, said I want to speak to you. Hmm? I said, okay. 
cool. You know what I'm saying? How you doing? I go to extend my hand. She oh. look at my hand like I had, uh, you know, a book on it or something. You know what I'm saying? She looked at me like, eh. So anyway, she's like, I don't like what you said. I said, I'm sorry, sis, uh, that you don't like to say. I ain't your sis. I said, okay, oh, well, that's cool, oh, too. Oh, 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 um, oh. You know, I said, all right, that's cool. You know, teacher's on, whatever, so on and so forth. She decides to remind me again that she didn't like what I was saying. Uh oh. And I said, I'm sorry, but that's, you know, in nice terms, too fucking bad. <laughs> so anyway, uh, her friends, you know, start to hold her back. Uh oh. And I, I, you know, I'm wondering why they hold her back. I'm like, was she about to fall? Was this like church? Or was they like, oh, Jesus, or something like that? But it was what a whole it, bunch of them and one of you. A whole bunch of them and one of me. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, they, they holding her back. I said, well, you don't have to hold her back because of the fact that, uh, you know, she don't want to run up on me. That's, you know, she could disagree, but mm -hmm. uh, she don't want to disagree with her hands. That wouldn't be a wise thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, so we get that cleared, and as uh, everything's wrapping up, <laughs> my two security guys roll up in oh. the Toyota Tercel. Oh, damn, no. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they hop out. What's going on, brother? What's going on, bad brother? Such, oh. such, such, such. You ready to provide security for you, brother? They's ready to handle business. Anything you need. By that time, the crowd had dispersed, and it was just me sitting on the steps like, The threat was going? Because you know they was about to beat his ass. I just, nah, yeah. That, that was yeah. probably yeah. not so going to I was happen. just going to say. Like, yeah. You know, you know. So, yeah, so I was like, you know, please don't whoop my ass, because I got a man XPJ7 on the road. Is anyway. that the last time you did security, brother? Or you, you yeah, gave it, it up was, after that? that? We gave him a bag. We, we, you know how you do the... Uh, the valuation and the ratings and all that, he devils be able to get a security job again. Shout out to your security partner that day. What's my man's name? Uh, Balloonhead? Q. Q. Oh, shout out to Q. I'm sorry, Q, if you're listening. You already knew you had a Balloonhead before, before I met you. But anyway. I got the call late. That's my excuse. You got the call late? No, that's fine. That's cool. You got the call late. You got there late. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everything. All right. Yeah. All right. So I, I, and, and, I, and I was late. The late Kalanji Changa. You know what I'm saying? So instead of being security, what you've done instead was you became a spoken word artist. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Safer. There was yeah. a better yeah. 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 So tell us about what, what kind of spoken word do you do? I do, um, I guess I do, I'm, I'm like the party crash. You know, everybody have the little happy fun poems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do like a serious poem afterwards and they'd be looking at me like, you brought us down. Right, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm a party crash. This guy, I'm, I'm right? Yeah. yeah, this nigga. So good to the tall guy, came. So they have the happy go lucky poems. I'm up there talking about, you know. You start doing the political shit. Yeah. 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 Very political. Uh, yeah. Because when, when I first got down here, you was like heavy on like Frontline magazine. I think yeah. it was one of the, the first convos. Shout out to Marcus Klein, Frontline. I used to read Frontline from front to back, every, every issue. Word. Yeah. That was one of the first things we talked about. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, man. So you've been doing spoken word. Uh, I mean, actually, you was doing it before. Uh, your stint as a uh, as as a top security top flight security. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, actually, I used to. Uh, I played college basketball, black college, and we used to ride it on the bus. Okay. And so you didn't play for Morris Brown, did you? No. No. Okay. Good. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama State, black and gold. Okay. Right. Okay. 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 Right. okay. And so I used to battle, quote, battle rapper, quote unquote, battle. I would battle everybody on the bus. Mm. If the other team had somebody who could rhyme, I'm there. You know? Okay, okay, you know? okay. So okay. that was the initial thing. And then when I got, you know, got to college, started reading more, it's like, oh, wow, you know, start advancing and putting mm. more political content, something real into it. Because I think anybody can rhyme. It's just rhyming words, it's cute. Right. You know, I love it. You know, don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. But when you're saying something, it means more to me, anyhow. You know? Right. I That's, remember back in the, um, I mean, it was like the late 90s or mid, mid, mid <clears> to <throat> early to, to late 90s. And like the, the spoken word thing really got big. Like I was in New yeah. York at the time. 
And then it reached this point where everybody was doing spoken word. You like, you know, like his. Was that after Love Jones? After Love Jones, yeah. everybody yeah. was there. Probably after Slam as well. I think yeah. the Slam, Slam, Slam first. Slam was first. Slam was first. Slam was first. Shout out to who's yeah. that? Jessica Kimmore. And yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, all those cats. When I when I was in Brooklyn and we know somebody just passed away. Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody in Brooklyn that saw moms. These other Asha Bandeli, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, um, Suhir, um, Hamid, a whole bunch of folks. Everybody was doing spoken word poetry. There was a whole right. circuit of it, Lemon, all and some of it was right. like uh, some of it. Some of it was good, right? But then some of it just became this repetitive. You know, cats who just became political like three seconds ago. Right. Yeah. Start yeah. talking about yeah. how black they were, how yeah. political yeah. they were, that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? And it got to be like after a while, you were like. Okay, I gotta go. No more spoken word. <laughs> and and then for a while, everybody had the same cadence. Yes, yeah. everybody did the last poets. Yeah, I see you here know today to tell you the sunshine <laughs> is all around your eyes. I will be in you, in you. And butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I it exhaled. <laughs> then, then, then it rolled out. Then, then the brothers, you know, the whole Love Jones thing, where I'm from, and I don't know, you know, what y'all call it, whatever, but we had what we call uh, P poets. I'm not going to tell you what the P stand for yeah, or whatever, no. but you can Punani. use your imagination. So, no, I'm not talking about Punani, we use it straight to the core. Oh, anyway, yeah. that's a whole other thing. But it was these cats that was always coming like, I mean, they wife beaters and, yeah. and, 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 yeah. and all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden they coming in and they talking about, my sister, mm-hmm. if the rose petals was a, uh, a transliteration of, like, what the hell are you talking about? I will yeah. drink the water out of your ass to make it pass <laughs> because it is so sass. You are my African queen. I mean, I want to be in between. Bam! That was good, Kamal. I, 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 I was about to go to the circuit, son. You the I was about to go to the circuit. Okay. So you went into the whole uh, spoken word scene and you were, were you in Atlanta yet or no? Initially, when I first, yeah, Atlanta was the first place I actually got on stage. Mm, yeah. Okay. Because okay. I would rhyme, but I'd never get on stage. And, uh, but Atlanta was the first place on, I got on stage on a dare. So it, was, yeah. So what drew you? I'm so glad, man. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Now, I just wanted to say shout out to all Atlanta poets because of yeah. the fact that there are a lot of dope Atlanta poets. And one yeah. thing that we've been able to yeah. do organizationally is we put together this thing called Poets for Political Prisoners. Yeah. And I yeah. know that you were involved in yeah. damn everyone we did. And um, you know you had folks like the Tommy Bottoms and Georgia Me and John Good and Abyss, Abyss. Abyss. Amir Suleiman. Amir Suleiman, definitely one of my favorite poets. Yeah. Sonny Patterson, yeah. you know what I mean, um, and and a plethora of other folks and whatnot, man. And uh, you know, so definitely we happy to have you on the show. I wanted to know, like, spoken word poetry, your top five, dead or alive. Mm, that's hard, man. That's hard. Oh my God. That's, that's... We we went there. We said spoken <laughs> word top five dead alive. Five we dead talked alive. about hip hop in the past, mm-hmm. and Server came with some whack stuff. Him and uh, nope. Miles. Never that. Never you that. Know. Never that. But we want to hear about the whole spoken yeah, words. They didn't say Biggie was number one, so I knew they were crazy. No, you said Cardi B was your favorite nope. females, woman. Oh, yeah. Top five. Yeah. Wow. Can I? Ooh. Can you do top three? Yeah, because five is too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's even worse, man. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, how about top, one of the best? How, how, how about we do five and, and tell our producer to produce? How about y'all shut the fuck up? Thank you. And let him give his numbers. <laughs> who, no, who, 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 who's top on the poetry team for you? Okay, I'm, I'm going to be biased and I'm going to stay regional. Okay. Okay, I'm going to stay in Atlanta. And I would have to say, um, this is top five. There's no particular order now. Okay. Yeah, just say it. Okay. Uh, okay. Just scared. So, I, I mean, I got Abyss. Okay. I got Georgia Me. Okay. Yeah. I got Tommy Bottoms. Yeah. Okay. 
I got Cola Rum. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, da, 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 da. You gonna put yourself on there? Oh yeah, I'm. Done. <laughs> I thought I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not. Don't be shy, me. brother. You know what I'm saying. Oh, oh, my bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not yeah. a smoothie. Okay, right, right, right. You said, of course, I'm number one, duh. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll be super biased, but uh, right. dial it down now. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Dialing. Uh, let's see. Yeah, come back to it later, brother. Yeah, 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 well, two two of your top five have been on Renegade Culture, uh, Abyss and Tommy Bottoms. You know what I mean? And we're definitely looking to uh, you know, to get some of the rest. What we do right around this time, we have a, a joint that we do called Knockers Nonsense. Mm-hmm. Okay. You seen the show before? I've seen it. Okay, mm-hmm. you seen the show before, and you know that the the, the we do what we call a bowl question, mm-hmm. and right. the original bowl died. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So the bowl was Transition. assassinated. Yeah. I, that's what that's what we were told. I think Knocker was like I got to do some more goddamn editing. I hate the studio. So anyway, we came back with a... Uh, this is a nice bowl. Man. Yes, this was a uh, wonton soup bowl, I believe it was. Thank you, thank you. You know what I'm saying? He came in with this wonton soup bowl. All right, and there's a question in there, so you can pick it out real quick. There's a thousand questions. Yes, thousands of questions, brother. All right. Okay, you need to pick one. And if you need cliff notes from Kalanji's long story earlier, we got it. Can you lose weight during yoga? Okay, uh, lose weight doing yoga. Yes, you, you can actually. All right, okay. But I, it's more of a lifestyle thing, you know what I mean? It's, it's no. Is it like hot yoga you gotta do? You mean like regular yoga? You Tantric can yoga? Or is it? Yeah, I mean, with regular yoga, yeah, with anything, it's gotta be like a holistic approach will work better. But you can use lose weight with uh, doing yoga. And there's a couple of videos online with this guy who's like, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm gonna say he's like, Four or five hundred pounds on DDT yoga, Dallas Diamond Page. Y'all remember the rest of Dallas? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a yoga teacher now, and he has okay. this thing where he had this guy and he documents where he loses like damn near hundred pounds from wow. yoga. Yeah, yoga. Okay. And, I mean, of course, dietary stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And so you've been doing it for a while yourself, right? Yoga, yeah. and you are—is it like a master level to be a yogi? Uh, I think the word people throw away "master" around too loosely. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would never consider myself a master, but I mean, I just strive. I, initially, I got into yoga, basketball. Initially, I was a basketball star, and I hurt my back donkey. Mm-hmm. Right? I had like my back got like spine, my yeah, spine yeah. like yeah, in the back, yeah. and I didn't want any type of surgery, so I mm-hmm. uh, messed around and found yoga, and that was like my alternative. Cool. Okay, so you still do spoken word, right? Yes. All right, and so we're gonna take a break right now, and we come back on Renegade Culture. My man is gonna come back. He might dunk, do some yoga, and do spoken word all at the same time. Might do time. a split as well. Bam! Renegade coaching. Yeah, yeah. Millions of white Americans thought us sadistic and cruel and quite sick. Then Mike Vick would fight pits, but gave less than a fuck by a black man tied to the back of a truck. A young buck getting busted in the head until he's damn near dead by a racist cop nightstick. And I'm like, shit, it's crazy you think you're lucky because you just got a concussion and see stars. I mean, trust. Brothers talk tough, but most of us don't want to see no police cars. Call that a bad open. And cats are hoping this close encounter don't end up being a closed casket, a captured in the can where the hands are forced to squeeze bars. We are going to have to ask ourselves a serious question. And the way we answer this question leads to our elevation or destruction. But we keep ducking responsibility. So allow me to facilitate and build a case while I'm inside the facility. So I say use all your shea, your will, your chi, your prana life force energy dedicated to this one question. Who is going to save the niggas? I mean, really, who's going to save the niggas? America made a river, a financial opulent ocean, off of blood, sweat, and tears. The truth we're hoping 
but yet to hear. Instead, we're engulfed in a net of fear. Through his actions and his motions, America has said it clear. Niggas, we hate your black ass. The intelligent will get it, but the mental midgets might ask, how can you say that? What about Barack Obama? Listen, Barack was on Uncle Sam's job. His job was to maintain the status quo. Corporate, com corporate sponsor decoy, but like Bruce Leroy, y'all thought that he had the glow. And it's sad, I know, but he ain't the one like Jet Li or Neo in the Matrix. He's kind of like the one with the Kool-Aid convinces you to taste it. Had your mind in a mental bracelet and you didn't even know. I mean, doggone it. I mean, it's ironic that America treats its dogs better than it does you. You can't debate this fact, cause it's true. That's why animals in zoo get treated better than niggas do. Cause old yell and renting ten a white men's best friend, you still regard it slightly retarded ball playing jigaboo. And they never figured you'd be so naive to actually believe you could be treated as equal. To keep it 100 to the ones who run it, you're a bunch of defeated people. And soon we'll be seeing a sequel to another unarmed black man, woman, a child caught, shot down by the white cop. And you say with slow Joe's in for a year or two, it might stop. Not. So I ask you again, who is going to save the niggas? Answer us. <laughs>